What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Sweat It Out podcast. In today's episode, we have a man of many, many talents. He's a nationally recognized fitness coach, author, and presenter. He's a former WWE superstar who you guys probably know as Romeo and has also professionally acted alongside some of the world's top actors, including Tina Fey, Mickey Rourke, and James Franco. One of my favorite shows, The Deuce. He's currently a master instructor for Viper Pro and its parent company, Institute of Motion. This guy, I'm telling you, he helped me out more than you'll ever know at the beginning of my career. I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for this man. So I want you guys all to help me welcome to the podcast, Giovanni Rosselli. It's time to sweat it out with Anthony Mendez and Josh Evans. And we're live. Welcome back to the Sweat It Out podcast. Today we have the one and only. This guy might be one of the biggest people I've ever seen in the gym. Larger than life personality. Woo. Former pro wrestler, someone that's taught both Mendez and myself a whole lot about the training world, Giovanni Rosselli. How you doing, man? What's up, brother? I'm great. It's great to see you guys, even though it's like this, but it's still uh, it's still uh, great to see both your faces and be on this podcast. And I'm so happy that you guys are doing such amazing things in the fitness industry. And and I'm I'm happy to say that I, I knew you guys both when. <laughs> yeah, a long time ago. Long time ago, you've known us, man. Time flies. Yeah. So how's everything been going for you? I know you're you know, you're not too far up north from where we're at. Um, how have things been, you know, during this whole lockdown situation and kind of since they've been reopening some of the gyms? I don't know if you're if you're still at any of the gyms up in Boca, but how's everything been going for you? All things considered, you know, I'm I'm doing okay. Um as, as we were talking about offline, you know, I have a three-year-old daughter, um, and, and a wife that I'm, I'm trying to support and keep healthy too. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to be very smart and, and courteous of socially distancing, you know, no crowds. Um, I have some clients that I'm training, um, but you know, once again, training them at least six, six feet apart, um, and just trying to be trying to be as safe as, as possible, but still make a living off of doing what what we do. <laughs> no, definitely. And, you know, I, I agree 100 percent. And and that's, I think, the, the part that, you know, a lot of people at the beginning found challenging, especially in our field was, you know, us, you know, coaches, especially the ones that are very hands on and have one on one sessions. Well, how do you find that fine line of being able to deliver still that quality, you know, make your money as a coach? deliver what you're supposed to deliver your client, but at the same time, keep yourself, your family, you know, safe. Um, so now that we kind of jumped into that a little bit, I want to kind of understand, you know, from when that happened, that moment it started for you, what was that mindset? What was that transition like? And, and what did you initially dive into to be able to start or actually to be able to move into a new realm where you had to take on your clients or your business in a different approach? How did that go about? Yeah. You know, quite honestly, at first, like most of us, it was all right, you know, it's going to be a rough couple months. And then come the summer or come the fall, 
you know, things will be back to normal. And then, you know, once season hits, you know, cause in South Florida, that's big for us, right? Once November yeah. hits, we should be rocking and rolling. We should be busy. All our snowbirds come back down. Um, but who knows how season's going to be this season, the way things are going. Um, and I, so initially I was like, you know what, for a couple months, I'll do what I can. And then, you know, once September, October, November comes, you know, I'll, I'll be okay. And then once I realized that, like, wait a second, um, I do have to do some virtual stuff. I do have to do online stuff. I do have to step out of my comfort zone. Um, then, then you adapt. I, I feel like, and I, you guys know me uh, a, a little bit, you know, like I love my cliches and I love to use a lot of cliches. And, you know, I feel like sometimes life puts you in positions where it forces you to change. And I feel like that's definitely the case now in this world with this pandemic going on. And, you know, you can look at it two different ways and you can just, you know, be the, be the person on this side. that's like, this sucks and I can't do this and I'm not making any money. And, or you can be the other person that says, you know what? How can I take advantage of this? What can I learn from this? What opportunities are out there that weren't out there before? Um, and I've always tried to take just like the two of you, and I'm sure most of the listeners out there have taken the, that approach, which was, all right, what opportunities are out there that I haven't been able to do, um, prior to this and how, uh, are some potential weaknesses that I have? How can I make them now strengths? And with this extra time, can I study something that I wasn't really confident in or, or really something that I didn't know about? Um, so that's how I, how, how, I, how, how I try to attack this entire situation. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's very much a sink or swim type of, of environment right now, right? Everyone's just trying to survive and do the best they can. But I think in, in the, that survival mode, right, like you, you mentioned, there, there is this huge opportunity to to be able to thrive if you can get out of that comfort zone. Right. Um, you know, we've talked about it maybe a thousand times already on the oh, podcast. Yeah. We didn't even start this thing until everything got locked down. And, you know, him and I for maybe a year now, I've been talking about starting one, but everything comes up or, you know, he picks up a new client, I pick up a new client or we have, you know, new content we need to shoot for some company. So with, the lockdown happening, him and I were like, well, now that we're stuck at home, kind of like you said, with, with online training, you know, it's like, this is a perfect opportunity for us because we yep. do have all this extra free time uh, to be able to develop and, and build out the infrastructure for the podcast so that we can do what we're doing today. So I, I completely agree. I think, you know, there are these opportunities. You just have to be aware of them and, and be comfortable being uncomfortable as you learn and grow uh, throughout the situation. All day, all day. And, and I, and I, you know, Josh bringing that up, you know, we've, we've going into the podcast, I've had conversations with other coaches, um, like, you know, Sarah Jamison and John Russin and Kavan Daly and, you know, hearing their feedback, you know, it's amazing to hear the different stories and the different approaches that they approach their business during the times like this. So that's something I wanted to ask you is what is your approach like, you know, now experiencing it and having done already a good amount of, you know, classes differently and sessions, what have you learned as a coach and what, what takeaways have you taken from this new experience? And what would you truly say that you're like, man, this really helped me become a better coach in this area? Yeah, I think, you know, and this is from someone who presents a lot, 
in person. A ton. This is from someone yeah, who, yeah, a ton. Who, 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 who loves to, Naturally who loves to educate, right? So now I can't be in front of people. I, you know, we can't touch them. We can't ask them to do things in the way we used to ask them to do things. So I, I think first and foremost, it's really, as weird as this sounds, it's really made me a better presenter, right? Because I've now I'm presenting online and I'm, I'm still doing fitness certifications and, and classes and, and uh, fitness education online, but it's a lot different. And there was a steep learning curve and there's still, there, there's always going to be an evolution, right? We're always, we're always, hopefully we're always better now than when we were six months from now, right? We're all, we're all better trainers now than when we were six months from now. We're all better trainers now than we were a year from now, uh, a, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. Um, so, it, you know, just having, you know, 15 square boxes heads in front of a computer screen was such a new, you know, experience for me versus standing in front of a room full of, you know, 20, you know, the 30 participants. Um, so I feel like it's really, uh, made me dive into how I articulate myself. Um, the, and, and from a personal training standpoint, like queuing, has to be on the money. Like you, you really have to make sure that what you're saying, you know, is, is resonating with your clients, whether it's a class, whether you have a small class or whether you have, you know, a one-on-one uh, session as well. So, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the answer that I'll give, you know, the big answer is that, you know, it's made me a better, you know, presenter and it's, and it's, it's challenged me to once again, uh, figure out how to get points across a lot differently than getting points across, you know, w- when I'm, when I'm out live, live in front of, you know, once again, in front of could be potentially, you know, a lot of people. Yeah. I've always felt uncomfortable, you know, like poking and putting my hands all over a bunch of sweaty people. So I feel like I was super prepared uh, to be able to do the, you know, social distance queuing. Cause I, mm-hmm. you know, my clients are already used to, to me barking orders at them and them, you know, having to handle it on the fly. So I, I, I felt pretty prepared for that, but it's like it, when Josh barks at me all the time, I'm like, geez, Josh, yeah, calm down. Yeah. Like, give me a second. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I, I think that it has been a huge transition for people. And, and like you said, zoom has become a, a, such a pivotal, uh, tool for us in the fitness industry to be able to use there's a couple others out there but zoom is a big one i mean we're on zoom now uh for example and you know same thing uh that you were saying for me like it was such a huge transition having to even keep people's attention you know because if you're in front of them you can go over there and kind of get right in their face and say like you know what you know you know wake up let's go and and now that you're through a computer screen it's like I can't do that. So, you know, I gotta, I gotta find new ways to be able to, you know, keep people engaged throughout the, you know, whether it's 40 minutes, 60 minutes, whatever it is. Uh, so I found that to be very challenging, at least personally. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's, you know, on, on the money, you know, with everything that, you know, Josh said and you said, and, you know, hearing from other coaches, it's, it's, it's the truth, you know, and, and I think it's, it's amazing, especially in the queuing aspect you know, where you see a lot of differences and how you had to be just more sharper as a presenter. And just, I think too, like your skills of listening, um, you know, really improve because, you know, that we were talking about, it's just one of those things where you're actually spending more time sitting down and listening to the client. 
um, you know, about other areas that they need to improve on. And you actually catch yourself doing more talking, educating wise. Um, and it doesn't even have to be so much the training, training aspect, but you're educating them in other ways as well, which is highly valuable. So, you know, I, I think we can all agree that we're all going to come out of this as well as, you know, having another amazing tool in the toolbox, you know, like Gio said, presenting and, and being to be more sharp on point with what we're trying to do. Um, Gio, I, I got to ask you because you being somebody who's been around, you know, big educational systems and involved with that as part of the education, you know, being at Equinox, you know, with Viper and Michelle Dacor and, and, and other, other, th- other groups that you've led with, what are some of the things that you see right now having been part of these groups and still are? Um, what are you seeing changing as far as the approach with all this that's happened moving forward? And let's say even after COVID, ha- have you seen a change of the, of the approach of the way that they're going to deliver education? Um, and, and what is going to be the same? What is going to be different? Yeah, great question. I, I'm going to... I'm going to answer from, uh, once again, a fitness education background, looking at the classes that we're teaching now and the webinars that we're doing, it's almost like, wait a second. So I just did this webinar in front of 80, a hundred, whatever, 200, 400 people. I didn't have to fly anywhere. I didn't have to get a hotel. Is, is this going to actually last after, like, is this going to just open up a whole new way for companies to say, maybe, you know, okay, maybe we'll do some live stuff, but you know, I, I know a lot of uh, presenters have said to me, they said, I just got X amount of people in my webinar. I don't get X amount of people when I fly and and do something because now you just, you know, you can reach from, from everywhere. And all someone has to do is click on a, click on a link. So I'm really interested to see, you know, if, if things, even when they get back to normal, what, you know, whatever that is, or however that looks like is, are, are a lot of companies going to say, this has been actually working. Okay. Maybe we'll do one live summit a year where, where we can get together as a community, but otherwise let's, let's save some time, some money, some air, some airfare, some hotels, you know, a flight's going to be late. The hotel can't book this or that, you know, maybe, maybe this is, uh, you know, going to change a lot more of the fitness industry than, than we're even realizing um, right now. What do you guys think of that? Yeah, I think uh, kind of going back off of what you said about, you know, sometimes situations just kind of shove you in the direction that you need to head into. And I was talking to some of the people that run on its education system before all this stuff went down and they were already kind of heading into that, you know, hybrid online part online, at least for like their, their entry entry level courses. And they plan on having more advanced in-person courses. You know, I think that this whole lockdown and everything that's happening with COVID just really accelerated all of that and really allowed people to understand that, you know, it is possible to be able to hold uh, four, five, a thousand uh, people, you know, in these, in these zoom groups, in these online uh, platforms and be able to coherently and consistently deliver the content. Cause I think that that's really where it comes, comes down to is like, are people going to actually be able to absorb the information that you're, you're giving them? Uh, when you're in person, it can be a lot easier because you can you can see it on their faces. 
you know what, you know, if they're just looking at you with, you know, this dumbfounded look on their face and, you know, kind of gl- glazing through you, it's uh, it's pretty obvious to tell that they, they didn't really get any of it. But uh, over the screen, you know, I can kind of I can kind of mass that and nod my head and make it seem like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm getting all this stuff. Um, but there's a lot of great instructors out there like you uh, that really, you know, take it upon themselves to master the craft and really adjust with the times and learn on the fly. And, you know, I think that that's what's going to make this so great uh, moving forward is that we have people like you to kind of, you know, blaze the trail uh, for the rest of us that, you know, might want to get into uh, presenting later on in our careers as well. And I think the second part of my answer, too, is that this evolution Michelle Dow Coordinate Institute of Motion for this is the evolution of health coaching now, right? So now oh, yeah. it's he he uses this. Uh, someone gave him this feedback, and I'm gonna I'm gonna steal it from him. He said, you know, uh, most fitness companies and trainers are talking about sets, reps, and dumbbells. Institute of Motion sustainability and longevity, right? So that's just like a whole other deeper level of health and fitness and wellness. And I feel like there's going to be a huge space for that now, because as we're seeing, right? So if you're predisposed to this, then you're more likely to get COVID. If you're, if you're so unhealthy, then you're more likely to, for this to happen to you, right? So how do you, how do you combat that? Well, be preventative about it, right? And do stuff to help your longevity, help your resiliency, not just physically, emotionally, mentally. Um, And that's where being a health coach will really uh, come into play. And, you know, uh, um, that's where, that's where my site are are set on. And that's where Institute of Motion set on. And that's, you know, that, and we credit, you know, Michelle Dalcourt for that. I really, my bad. I really appreciate, you know, you saying that I, that's definitely a, a lot of value right there. And I think also too, something that I've noticed, I think the language um, is going to be huge in the way people think, because like you say, you know, hear a lot of people hear sets, reps, you know, all that stuff all the time. They already in their heads think of gym, you know, and when you start talking about the Viper language, that's something might be brand new to most people or, you know, when they see it being used, they see at home, outside, not typically, it doesn't have to be in the gym. So the language alone, I feel just gives this new notion to people, make them feel like, well, this is, this is what I need to apply, especially now moving forward where everything's going. This is that longevity. This is what I want, you know, and then it just takes them away from thinking of the typical sets reps gym and gyms are closed or gyms are this because of COVID. So I feel like that language already just gives a huge boost automatically to helping, you know, bring that message out and show people more about the Viper, you know, education and the tool and what it does and, and moving forward and gives a company a huge boost. Um, another thing I wanted to mention something I was thinking about the other day, um, and just wanted to know, since I know you're in the whole, in the, in the education field, and I'm sure you get a lot of, um, you know, info on, on new courses, workshops, certs, um, with everything we got going now, I, I probably wouldn't be surprised, but maybe I've heard of it. Have you heard of any, you know, companies in the health and fitness space that are already considering maybe doing workshops on teaching coaches how to use zoom cameras social media online things that with where we're going now and those elements are going to be huge and maybe even showing them how to like connect with people over online cues over online you know the approaches that need to take over 
interactions like this. Do you know of any workshop that might be moving forward towards that or or possibly working yeah. on that? And, yeah. And in case I go off on a tangent, remind me what the question was. Um, but I, I what I try to do is I subscribe to every single quality company's email in fitness, exercise, health, nutrition, everything. So I'm constantly getting bombarded in a good way with the what's what of what's going, who's doing what, what are, who's got a course coming up, who's doing this webinar, who's, you know, who's, who's shooting this content, what new products coming out. And with that being said is I'm getting all the information or as much information as I could possibly get in a single day. Um, so what I have seen is um, a lot of the certifying bodies like NASM, like ACE that are doing exactly what you have said already is, okay, you're all basically virtual trainers now. Now, you, now we have a course to help teach you on how to be the best virtual trainer possible. Now, quite honestly, I haven't taken um, these courses yet um, just because I'm not doing that much virtual training where I'm already, I think I'm doing just fine. Like I, I don't need any uh, extra assistance um, on that. And I'm doing more of the education, but there are, there are more and more courses that I'm seeing um, that from, from these certifying bodies uh, that I've seen personally that are get, getting into that because yeah, that's, that's a whole other ball game. I used to joke that, you know, a new trainer would come on they, you know, they graduate from college exercise science degree and barely any training experience, if at all. And then you know, I'll see something, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll tag me or something. And then they'll say, you know, online trainer. And I'm like, online trainer. I was like, <laughs> you, don't, you, you can't even, you, you can't even train somebody in person. person. Yeah. You don't have an, you don't have any experience training someone live. And now you're already an online trainer, but the world has shifted where now we're, we're all doing some type of online training, but I just, I found that quite ironic and, and interesting how, you know, get some reps in, you know, in person, um, before you, you, you proclaim yourself, uh, you know, an online, online trainer. And maybe now if you, if you don't have the opportunity to do that face to face, maybe it's definitely time to take one of these courses from one of these, uh, great companies and say, all right, I'm going to become a virtual trainer or this is going to be a big part of my toolbox and skill set. What do I need to do? Yeah. Uh, one, I couldn't agree with you more. I think more people need to know how to train people in person before they go online Two, I was just waiting for a shameless plug from this guy because he started his own coaching program. It's actually pretty good. Uh, I've, uh, had the opportunity to dive into some of the content myself. So for all of you listening, make sure you hit up this guy. Uh, if you're ready to take your online uh, coaching platform to the next level. But I, I was just waiting for the shameless plug. Look at him. He's getting all red in the face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Appreciate it. You know, I kind of want to go back. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that you have one already. I mean, this dude never stops, man. Never stops. I have to get him to try to slow down sometimes. So that, yeah, yeah. He's, he's trying to reel me in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I... I wanted to ask you though, you know, actually, you know, I've been really looking forward to the, this opportunity because, you know, I do really respect uh, your viewpoints in the industry. One of my biggest fears uh, coming out of this whole, you know, COVID situation is we started to kind of hear this emphasis on 
you know, oh, well, now that we now that we understand that, you know, there's all these health risks, if you're obese or if you have diabetes or you have heart problems that are lifestyle uh, lifestyle um, uh, caused. Do you think that, you know, my biggest fear is that people once we've kind of separated ourselves from uh, COVID and, and things kind of get back to normal if they do it all right. My fear is that people are going to slip back into their old ways of, you know, eating junk food and not exercising and being too stressed out even more than we already are stressed out with the whole climate uh, in the U.S. today. You know, I don't want to see that happen because that's only going to, you know, perpetuate this cycle the next time something like this comes around. You know, so I wanted to get your take. Do you do you have the same fear I have? Do you think that there's a chance that we'll kind of slip back into, you know, the status quo? Or do you think that we've become more woke to the actual necessities of, you know, a proper diet, you know, uh, de-stressing ourselves, uh, maybe, you know, freeing up some time and, and so that we can have the opportunity to exercise and we can have the opportunity to increase our quality of life? Yeah, I understand your fear, and it's very, very warranted. Uh, the the one thing that that I'll try to be optimistic about, so to speak, is I think that this has hit us so hard that it has changed a lot of habits that we may not necessarily have will be going back to, and especially since, like we talked about, this ain't over by a long shot. Like not even depending close. on when you're when you're listening to this, it's August twenty twenty. Um, so someone maybe listened to this, you know, in November, December, and, you know, I got a feeling that it's won't still won't be far from over, uh, at that point either. So I feel like as we know, as, as we've studied precision nutrition, John Berardi and habit-based coaching is that the longer you can keep a habit going, the, the better chance that you're going to have to keep that habit for forever or for an extended period of time. So I feel like the longer this goes on, <laughs> the more chance that whatever new habits that we have, and hopefully they're all for the better, um, that we'll be able to stick. Now I'll use the simp- simplest example of washing our hands, right? And not that I was a, a dirty you know, person before, right? But how much more cognizant are we of washing our hands, maybe washing our hands for another 10 seconds than we used to wash our hands for, right? And then we, we're just doing this month after month. Like, so to, to your question and your point, and I'm, I'm using a very low level example is, I don't think I'm going to be washing my hands 10 seconds less in a few months from now. I think, I think whatever I'm doing personally is probably going to end up sticking, especially the more this gets drawn out, the longer this gets this gets drawn out and it is making you more cognizant of, of your health and, and your wellness. And maybe that'll, uh, you know, change, change some people's, uh, you know, mindsets, um, for the better. You know, I, I really like the part, you know, about you bringing up about, you know, habits being embedded. Um, and I agree with that. You know, I think in this, I think also too, in another area that, you know, in, in the health and fitness field, as you've seen, they've already been doing surveys, of of people saying 59 to 61 percent from you know different companies people saying that they're not going to go back to gyms you know and i think goes the same thing you know people are out of the gym they're working out at home working out outdoors you know building home gyms and what happens over time you create a habit doing that 
and they realize, oh, I'm doing my virtual coaching or training. I'm, you know, getting my at-home workouts and my own gym at home, and it feels good. It feels comfortable. I'm still getting good results, and, you know, I want to continue doing this. This is my new habit. I don't want to go back to the gym anymore, and this doesn't mean that people are not going to ever go back to the gym. doesn't mean I, I honestly think personal training is going to, you know, be even, you know, a, a bigger thing than the gym, you know, aspect of a big gym. But, you know, I think it's it's one of these things where you're already seeing people have created this new habit and they like it, you know, and they're seeing results with it. So, um, you know, I definitely think that that's a big shift, you know, moving forward for a lot of companies in the health and fitness space to think about moving on, especially after COVID. Yeah, you're break. I mean, you're breaking that construct, right, of, you know, I, I think one of the biggest excuses that any of us trainers have ever heard, right, is that, oh, you know, like I... I I didn't have time to go to the gym or like I was going to go to the gym and then I forgot something at home. It's like, you know, all these at the end of the day, they're just excuses, right? Why you didn't work out, whatever. Now those are kind of, now those are all gone, right? Cause all you need is like, everyone's got a body weight program out now. Everyone's got a single kettlebell or a single dumbbell or a abandoned body weight or, you know, some type of minimal use tool program where, you know, those excuses are out the window. Now you really don't have, that opportunity to be able to tell someone, well, I just didn't have time to train or I didn't have the equipment. You know, there's so many resources out now that I think if we are to, you know, not perpetuate the cycle and, and we are to, to make better, better, you know, progressions and, and not make the same mistakes again, based on the, the behavior change model that we, we all follow through precision nutrition. Right. I think, you know, that's a good way that we can kind of, you know, or that's something that we can really lean on in order to continue to get people to train more. It's like, hey, you you can do this from anywhere. Now you know it, right? Now you know you can you yeah. can train. I mean, my own clients have even been saying like, you know, oh, I, I would have never done FaceTime sessions with you before, but now I realize like they're really not that bad. Like, you know, I've been telling you for three fucking years that they're not that bad. <laughs> you know, I mean, have you have, you've probably experienced the same type of same type of conversations? I, I would assume. Yeah, it's the same thing. And remember, I said, like, at first, I was like, I ain't doing virtual. That's stupid. I'm not training anybody on a computer. I don't want to do it. I'll just wait it out and I'll see. And now it's like, once again, it's that expression. You know what? This ain't so bad. This ain't so bad. And then you learn, like you learn, like when I'm doing my presentation, like, wow, I can share my screen and how that works. And then how to shop, stop sharing my screen. So then I could talk and everyone could see me and oh, then I could spotlight uh, Josh. And then I bring the spotlight back to me. And then you learn how to, how to work this, this is uh, cool. technology. And you learn how to work with this. And then it's like, yeah, you know, it, it works and you know, it's not so bad. And, you know, as we've often said through the, this entire talk so far is, you have to make the best of the situation. And right now the best of the situation is, you know, doing stuff like we're talking about, you know, the, the virtual uh, world that we're living in. And it, it, you know, we were on a, on a rocket ship to virtual technology before all this anyway. Uh, So just imagine all those companies and all, all, everyone in their basement trying to be the next, you know, Amazon and, and, you know, uh, you know, 10 years from now and, you know, five years from now, 20 years from now, someone's going to be filthy, rich, huge conglomerate. And they're going to say, they're going to say it's because during the pandemic, this is what I created. 
Yep. Um, and I, and I believe that it, unfortunately it's not going to be me because I'm not that smart, but, uh, you know, I know, I know somebody out there is creating something that's going to, uh, you know, take us, you know, uh, you know, into the next, uh, atmosphere. No, 100%, you know, and I, I agree with everything you said, you know, if you look back in history, you know, through some of the biggest, you know, recessions in, in time, you hear some of the biggest companies later on come out and said, you know, we built our billion dollar industry through some of these moments and and we started during these recessions so you know it's like you said going back you know it, it, are you going to sit and complain and wait or are you going to do something about it um you know and take advantage of what you you can learn and what you can get out of this with what you have and what you can continue to grow with so you know i think for everybody out there it's just plain and simple you know are you going to wait or are you going to do something about it you know and we all know that when you wait Later on, you're going to be like, holy shit, I should have taken advantage of this. I should have been doing this. I should have worked on my health. I should have spent more time with my family. I should have been working on my new business. I should have been doing this. And I didn't do any of that, you know? So, um, you know, I think it's just one of those things where it's just a lot of awareness, you know, a lot of awareness going on, you know, during times like this, you know, awareness overall. I kind of want to go back in time a little bit because, I mean, we have been talking about presenting and doing all of these Zoom conferences, you happen to be one of the most, you know, exciting, entertaining electric Woo! presenters, you know, I've ever had uh, the pleasure of, of learning from. I can I can truly say that, you know, where did it all begin for you? Where where did you get your start in presenting? Where did you know, where did the, the Giovanni Rosselli that we see today, where did he come from? And, and how how does that correlate into, you know, the person we see on stage or, or you know, in front of a whiteboard? The entertainer. Yeah. So I, I think, I think you kind of already know the answer to this a little bit, uh, but you know, before I got, before I got into fitness, uh, you know, I did some, I did some acting and I did, uh, you know, professional wrestling still blew my mind so, seeing you on the deuce. That was wild. Yeah. Um, I still do it to this day. Um, uh, obviously not right now cause there's not a lot of things shooting. Um, but you know, that gave me the experience of being in front of people. And the interesting, ironic part, and I don't know if I've ever said this to you guys um, before, is I used to be deathly afraid of speaking in front of anybody. I, I, wow. I, I still remember vividly coming up with excuses in middle school, high school, and college to get out of public speaking. I remember faking a cough and bringing in cough drops in high school to be like, oh, I, I know I'm supposed to present on George Washington today, but <laughs> like uh, that was bad acting. Right? Um, that was my first taste of bad acting. Um, but, you know, having a passion to become a professional wrestler gave me an opportunity to be someone else. So I didn't have to be me. I got to pretend to be someone else. So then I wasn't the shy kid in middle school, high school and college. I got to be the opposite and I got to be like my alter ego. And then that gave me comfort in front of people. And that gave me the ability to walk out. I mean, pro wrestling, you're walking out in front of thousands of people in your underwear. I mean, there's, there's nothing more, you know, revealing than that. So after well, when that, you're looking swole like, like Gio, you know, <laughs> Yeah, it can't be that bad. Uh, it can't be that <laughs> yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was tough keeping that up. It still, still is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, that's what, that's what really gave me the, the experience. And, you know, 
I took and I still take so many presentations and classes. So I know what it feels like. So I put myself in the participant's shoes and I'm like, man, this is boring. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've we've all been there. Yeah. Yeah. And man, I'm checking out, you know, so I've been there. So what I'll try to do is I'll try to add a little more pizzazz and a little spice or I'll get a little extra intense and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll make a noise. I'll, you know, I'll try to do something to keep everyone engaged because I also know too the power that a good presentation has and a good presenter has. And I'm sure you guys can attest. I, I can still remember every single great presentation and presenter that, that I've ever, you know, that I've ever seen. Um, and that leaves a mark on you. And that's what I've tried to do, um, you know, with, uh, with the opportunities that, that I've had. So long, long answer is that, yeah, I, I've had some experience being in front of people. Pretty um, epic experiences. Oh yeah. And I, and I tried, I tried to use that, right. Use, use that to my advantage. And I think that's another life lesson, right? So we try to use our past, um, it, and it could be a myriad of ways. It could be, don't do this. Right. <laughs> that, that happened in my past or, or, or this worked really well. How can I take this? How can I evolve this? Right. So I've gone from wrestling to fitness. So that, that doesn't mean that I have to stop being in front of people. And what I did was I just jumped down a rabbit hole and I wanted to learn from the best presenters and educators in the world that I become, I became so entrenched in that world that eventually I became like their Robins to their back. I'm the Robin to their Batman. And then I was like kind of co-presenting and I was doing stuff alongside. And then I was like, there's no way I can do this on my own. There's no, like, I'm just, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. Like there's no way I can do this. And then after a while you get enough reps in, you get enough experience in, and then you're like, you know what? I could freaking do this on my own. And then you get a shot you get an opportunity. you learn from it. No one, no one knows what you're supposed to say or what you left out anyway. So, you know, it's, it's all good. And then you just use that experience and, and build for the next one. Uh, and then the, the last thing I'll say is just putting myself out there and applying to things and saying, Hey, can I, can I do this for you? Can, you know, I would, I would love to pr- present this, or I would love, you know, this webinar or, Hey, I, I see you're doing really great stuff. Here's my resume. Like I w- I was never afraid to put myself out there and I'm still not. Um, and I think that's a big part of, of being a success. I'm sure both of you, you gentlemen can attest to that is, don't absolutely. be afraid to fail. Yeah, absolutely. don't be afraid to fail. And, you know, and don't be afraid to put yourself out there. And you know, don't concentrate on the one person that said you suck. Concentrate on the ten people that just said that was a really great presentation. And you know, ask that person why do you think it sucked, right? So then maybe you can use that, you know, for for the future. Um, but just you know, you gotta you gotta keep pushing forward. And and I always use the word; it always comes up and I wasn't planning on using it is perseverance. It's one of my favorite words ever. And I feel like if you have perseverance, then you have the ability to do literally anything in life because you're going to get knocked down. You have the perseverance to get back up. You, you realize that you don't know something. You have the perseverance to keep figuring out until you learn it. Um, so I use the word perseverance and I try to, be as perseverant, is that a word, as I can be um, throughout, throughout my life. 
No, amazing, man. And I appreciate you sharing that because I know a lot of people are going to be able to use that, you know, your experience and, and use that as a, as a lesson for themselves. Um, you know, it really stuck out to me when you said reps, you know, and I think a lot of times people forget that, you know, that, you know, when we say, hey, practice. Yeah, we're talking about practice. Yeah, practice is what makes you better. You know, and that's what's only that's what's going to keep moving the needle for you. If you keep putting that practice, those reps, you know, every single day and doing that thing, like we talked about habits, you keep doing this for a period of time where well, you're going to get good at it. You know, next, thing you know, it's a reaction, you know, so, you know, you clearly, you know, are a testimony to that. And I think another thing, too, is is who you put yourself around, you know, you putting yourself around the right speakers, the best of the best, and then going out there and presenting with them just led you to become, you know, Geo who you are today. Um, I'm curious, what was that moment that you knew you were shifting from wrestling into the fitness world? What was that moment that made that decision for you? Great question. Great question. It was probably... When I was asked uh, if I'd be interested in becoming a tier four uh, for Equinox, because tier three, at that time, there was no tier three plus. Um, I was doing well. Um, I was getting by a lot on personality and just kind of decent workouts. I was nothing special, but I grinded and I trained a lot of people. Um, Goes a long way. Yeah. And I had a lot of passion. Um, and then it was like, like I always look at tier four, like, cause tier four did my curriculum uh, as I went through tier one, tier two, tier three, tier three. And I was like, man, these tier fours, they're amazing. They're unbelievable. Like these guys are really the best of the best. And then I was asked if I would be interested in, going through the curriculum and potentially becoming one. And I was like, man, am I, am I on that level? Could I be on that level? Will I be on that level? And then, you know, all the, you know, all the devil and the angel are on both shoulders saying, you're not good enough. You'll never be there or go ahead, do it, do it. You know? Um, so that was really a, a turning point for me where it was, man, like they, they see this in me, see this in yourself and let's go. Like, yeah, Ooh, let's, let's, let's go. Let's go. Like, let's take the leap. Let's, let's, let's take the jump and, you know, let's see what happens. And what's the worst thing that's going to happen? I'm, I'm not going to get in or, you know, I'm not going to do well. And then, then, then you move on. And then Gio but, just keeps rocking know, those, it's those, funny with Gio keeps rocking the, the Speedos on the wrestling matches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, with me and with all of us, you know, the universe has put me in positions that has steered me, yep. right? Because, you know, I could have easily said, I'm going to go back to wrestling or I'm going to try to go back to wrestling. Who knows if I wouldn't be able to go back to be a full-time wrestler. Maybe they wouldn't have accepted me. But, you know, I kept, I kept taking the signs, so to speak, and I kept just going where the doors were opening. And the doors kept opening in fitness, and I'm like, why, why not keep going through these doors? Um, and then, and then just, you know, continue to snowball from there. What would you say to, to the people? Cause I, I completely agree with you, right? I'm, I'm, I know both of us are, are two people who have, you know, gone through some of the same circumstances you have where, you know, maybe our lives, I mean, you know, we talk about it all the time. Like you would have talked to us, you know, when you were educating us, neither of us would have said we'd be talking on a mic 
for a full-time job. <laughs> you know, I definitely wouldn't have. I would have been like, you're crazy. I'm here to watch people pick things up and put them back down. That's what I love to do. I could tell you half of my life, I'd probably tell you, I can't believe I did some of this shit. You yeah. know, knowing how you said, you know, couldn't even speak in front of your class. You know, I was one of those two. I couldn't, I would be scared as shit to speak in front of my class, let alone I hated creating courses in PowerPoints yet. I did a huge course and, you know, put it all together. You know, I would have never thought, you know, and spot on, spot on. You know, so, so what do you say to those people out there who, you know, maybe, maybe acknowledging or, or aware of the, the opportunities that they have, but are hesitating to take advantage of those? What do you say to those people? I, I think, I'm going to defer to having a mentor or mentors. I, I really, I know that that could be like the easy answer, but I think it's, it's really true. Dude. Like you, you can't, you can't do this on your own. You can't do anything on your own. You need, you need people there to maybe slap you in the face and say, what the F you doing? Uh, or you need people to take you by the hand and say, come with me. And, you know, you need these different mentors. And, you know, as I'm sure you guys can attest, we have different mentors at different stages of our lives and careers. So maybe the same mentors that we have now weren't back then. And maybe the same mentors we had five years ago aren't our mentors now. Um, and maybe we're mentors now to, 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 to some people that are behind us. I, I've always said it like this, where we all are individually in our lives there are people in front of us and there are people behind us. So what we need to do is take the people behind us and say, come on, come with me. I got some cool stuff to show you. And then the people that are in front of us say, Hey man, can you, can I shadow you? Can I watch you? Can I pick your brain? Can I, can I get, hop on a phone call with you? Can, can, can we meet up for coffee? Can, you know, can you just, you know, you know, t tell me about this or teach me about that? Um, or, you know, can I help assist you with anything? Um, and I feel like that's, you know, that's really the, the golden ticket, so to speak. Um, because otherwise you're just, you know, you're just kind of, and you know, there's, there's so much, uh, better ways to, to go about it. And so that's what, that's what I would say. And that goes back to putting yourself out there and networking and relationships. Yeah. And especially now is the best time Ooh. to try to reach out to people who may not normally have been, you've been able to, to contact because maybe they have a little more time or maybe yep. they check their emails more because they're on the computer more. That's right. Maybe, maybe, maybe those, those, those mentors that you thought were out of reach are now within reach and now, and maybe, and maybe that's the time to do that. And maybe that's the time. And that's why I like working with the universities um, because maybe that's the time to say, Hey kids, I was, I was where you were. And this is a tough time right now. I'm here to help. I'm here to help. And there's some that take me up on it and there's some that don't. Um, and the ones that take me up on it, I've, I've, I've helped them all in different ways. Um, so once again, it, it just all goes back to, to me, it goes back to mentors. I love, I love everything you brought up about that because, you know, it's it's one of those things that I mention all the time. You know, coaches need coaches, mentors need mentors, and you know, doesn't matter what profession you're in or what field you're in. You know, it's important to always know that and set that ego aside and just be like, I'm gonna be coachable. Even me being a coach, I'm gonna be coachable and allow yourself to be in that position to absorb and learn. And you know. 
whether you get it through a friend, through a, a colleague, you know, or somebody you pay for, at the end of the day, you know, when you can sit back and tell yourself, man, I allowed myself to be mentored, to be coached, you know, it feels good, man. It feels good. And it, and it also, too, it allows you to, you know, enter a new space of understanding because, you know, many times I feel like, and we've all gone through it. There's those moments where you're like, man, no, I got this. I can do it. I don't need help. You know, I can do this on my own. You know, who's that? Who's this? You know, I've been doing it on my own for a bit right now. No, I'm good. You know, and it's just one of those things where we, there's a moment in our life where you get that, that moment where you're like, oh shit, I don't know everything. I don't know. I need help. You know, and I think it's when you hit those moments too, for certain people, they get scared to ask. They get scared to ask for help. And I tell people all the time, like, you got to ask, you got to just ask, you know, and don't be scared to ask, you know, because you never know. The worst thing they're going to say is no. So heard that a lot. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I always say just ask. And if you need the help, just go get it. And, and I think it's really hard to piggyback off that point. I think it's really hard for some people to ask the stupid question, right? And I, I've become more comfortable throughout the years of raising my hand and say, I got a stupid question. And then what does the presenter say? It's not a stupid question because <laughs> there's a good chance 10 other people have a question that you have, but they didn't have the guts to, to raise their hand and, and ask the same question, mm-hmm. right? So it's... Uh, taking the armor off and asking the stupid questions and, and saying, I don't know. And I, that's one of the things that I present when I talk to the FAU students, like it's okay not to know something. Go out. We all don't know a lot of stuff, but <laughs> go out. <laughs> or, or you just um, tell them all, but, okay, we got not one, we got 10 yeah. stupid questions out there. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, but what's worse is if you keep that question inside you and you either pretend that you know it or you ignore it and then you'll never know it. And then that could be what's holding you back. Um, So I totally agree with you. So you, you beat me to the punch there. That was going to be my next question. I know that you have been uh, teaching at my graduate school, alma mater. I said it once, say it again, go owls. Uh, Thank God he didn't bring a Syracuse. Syracuse always gets brought up. (laughs) Yeah, he hates it. He hates (laughs) it. You know, us New Yorkers, we can't we can't not talk about the things that we love about New York, though. You know, it's just, every it's, podcast it never fails. Yeah, he hates it. He hates it. Someone always has a Syracuse connected with me. But we brought up in this, but you brought up yeah, in this podcast. It it's your I, fault. I shot myself in the face. Yeah. Anyway, you know, like how has that experience been for you teaching at FAU? You know, obviously, I, I'm I'm well versed in the program. I really love it there. I had a great time uh, with a lot of the professors there and a lot of the students who, who I was in class with. So how has that experience been for you being on the other side of, of that, right, where you're now educating uh, students in a, in a very formal setting? Uh, and, you know, moving forward, uh, what is that going to look like for you and, and for the university? Have they told you anything about, you know, their, their reopening plans? Well, I just did about, about a month ago, I did a, a presentation for the Intro to Exercise Science class. Get it. Yeah, via online. Um, so let let me jump ahead and then I'll jump jump back. So you know, my experience at, at FAU once again made me really open my mind to what other opportunities are out there, right? So 
why do I have to stop at FAU? True. <laughs> so right. then all of a sudden, you know, I keep getting these emails from my alma mater, from my college, Sacred Art University in Fairfield, Connecticut. And then I'm like, why don't I just tell them what I can do for them? Why don't yep. I just say, this is what I'm doing at another college, in another university. And then before I know it, now I'm doing stuff for my college, um, you know, in, in, in Fairfield. As long as um, they're not Syracuse. So, well, now you got me. Now you got me. You got me thinking. So all you got to do is reach out to who you know yeah. in Syracuse. You know, yeah. you know, it's just taking once again, put yourself out there. You take the leap. You take the step. You have a nice organized structure of, hey, you know, here's some bullet points of who I am, what I do, what I can do. You know, interested in having a conversation with you and just see where it goes. Um, so, so that's what kind of got me to where I am now. The interesting story about how I even got into FAU was, was that a, a former guest, Kavon Daly, yes. um, was uh, talking to the classes uh, there, uh, promoting, promoting Equinox at the time. And one of the professors bought a bunch of Vipers and he didn't know what to do with them. So he wanted to do a class slash, you know, course. So then who did Kavan think of? Kavan thought of, luckily, he thought of me because um, I was, I'm local. Um, you're more than local. You're, you're the master of the Viper, yes. my friend. Yes. Um, so that's very kind of you to say. Um, <laughs> so, once again, the door was open and then I'm like, whoa, there's a lot behind this door. I could do a lot behind this door let's see where this goes. Um, and then from there it was not only, okay, yeah, you can, um, you can do a, a Viper course for us now, Viper pro, uh, course for us, but can you talk to the intro class? Can you talk to, uh, this class? And I can't even remember the, the all the classes that, that I've spoken at, um, over, over the last couple of years. Um, so that once again, it's, you know, what's, what's that expression, you know, uh, when, when the hard work meets luck and that provides, you know, an opportunity for yourself. Um, so that's where I really started to say, I really like, you know, doing this stuff with the students because they are so vulnerable, um, into they're going to go out in the real world and it's, it's not an easy world to go out of, uh, especially right now. Um, what, what colleges and universities will look like, um, moving forward, man, your, your guess is as good as mine. I'm just like, like we were talking offline. I'm glad that my daughter is only three years old and she's, she thinks everything's okay in the world. And we don't have to worry about school and graduation and jobs and, and college yet. And I really feel for everybody out there in that age bracket and those parents of those kids mm -hmm. in that age bracket um, that has to do that, which is why, which is why I'm trying to be the best mentor possible. And, you know, I, one of the best things about having experience is when you can pay it forward right? yeah. and not just keep it for yourself. Um, so now I'm in a position where I want to pay it forward. I like to pay it forward. Um, and so that's been very gratifying. And then once I realized like, wow, the, some, some of these kids, I'm not going to say all of them, right. Some of these kids are really listening to me and some of these kids are really getting me. 
And some of these kids are really being affected positively with, with my words and, you know, with my courses. Um, I would like to do, you know, more of this. And now, you know, virtually, who knows, maybe this has opened up uh, a place for me and maybe for you, Josh, too, where now, why can't we talk at any university if it's virtual, right? Yeah. So who knows where this will go? Yeah, true. I, I have to say we have definitely talked of a lot about a lot of valuable stuff today. Some really good deep stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We almost hit a full hour, man. Uh, before, before we wrap things up, you know, I want to say one more time, thank you again. Yeah, not man. only, not only for coming on the podcast, but I, I know I speak for Anthony as well. Like for all the things that you've done for us both personally in our careers, you know, and all of the, you know, extra time that, that you've put in, especially with myself, you know, we've had I don't know, countless hours of, of conversations that you took out of your free time. And, you know, that really, uh, made a huge impact on, on me and in, in my career and, and something that I, you know, hold very close to, to myself, you know, to this day. So I, I want to say thank you for that. Um, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you? You know, I, I know you're not huge on social media, but you know, where they can find you on social media or, or where they can find out about, you know, your upcoming workshops or anything on, that Gio's, you got going Gio's on. Gio's up there. Come on. Gio's, Gio's on yeah, well, he's media. not, you know, he's, 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 he's <laughs> go ahead, man. Father first. Yeah. Father, father always first. Hey, that's that's not a bad not a bad way to look at things, man. Uh, and and then first off, you know, thank you for those words and it's it's words like that that makes everything worth it, right? Like mm-hmm. when someone says that, just like I've said the same thing to someone else that you've said to me, right? And someone has said the same thing to you that you said to me, right? So that's what keeps, you know, us alive and that's what keeps us encouraged and what keeps us going and like i said in the beginning it's so great to see the two of you doing so well in so many aspects of fitness and like i could say i remember i'd be like man i taught them like you know you know years ago, <laughs> and now they're like well, now, they're, now they're blown up now they're bigger than i ever could have imagined so now they've <laughs> surpassed me um so you know kudos kudos to you guys thank you man um, we appreciate you, know, you. just yeah. Um, and you know, it's easy to find me just, my name Google is, is everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just website. Google him. So, yeah. yeah. So Giovanni Roselli, um, is Instagram, Giovanni Roselli.com, uh, Giovanni Roselli on Twitter. So I tried to keep it pretty, pretty easy for everybody when I'm not being a dad and when I'm not, uh, you know, trying to get better in my career, and I have time to post something or, you know, put up something, then, then, then I'll do that. But uh, I hope to get to, you know, 10% of the level that you legends are at. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a, it's a two-way street there, man. I hope we can get to, you know, uh, where you're at in terms of your, your education and, and your ability to, you know, present all of that information. So That's what we all learn from each other. You got anything for Mendez? So, um, yeah, I always have a few questions at the end. So I actually got three. Um, first one, what were the three top wrestlers that you faced that you're like, Oh man. Um, I got to think back to, well, I mean the big show. Epic. I mean, Damn. I mean, legit seven foot, 500 pounds. Um, She's a monster. On live, on live episodes of Monday night raw. Um, you know, looking back, like no matter who it was, because it doesn't have to be the big show is I, 
I could have easily gotten killed. Like, like I'm laughing, but it's not funny. Um, like, especially with a seven foot, 500 pound man, you know, all he has to do is maybe slip his hand and then I drop, you know, whatever it is. I look back now and I'm like, holy cow. Like I'm amazed that I'm still in the condition that I'm in and, and, the, and the piece, uh, the, you know, the piece that I'm in. Um, so big show, you know, definitely stands out. Who else, who else, uh, you know, stands out. Um, you know, I, re- I work with Kane, you know, he's awesome. another big, yeah. another giant, back. you know, big, uh, you know, big, big, and, and now he's like the mayor of Tennessee or that's something. Right. Wow. That's too, right. Yeah. Yeah. Really? He's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's all. Um, my dad told me that not too long ago. Yeah. And, uh, trying to think who else, you know, I did, I, I worked a lot of matches with Jerry, the King Waller. Awesome. Which, okay, okay. That's dope. awesome. I mean, from, from a, a legends of wrestling standpoint, like he's a legend, like he may not get the credit he deserves or the, the status that, that he deserves. But I mean, he, at one point in time, he was one of the best wrestlers in the world and he still wrestles like in his, you know, he's been wrestling in his fifties and, and, his 60s. That's wild. and the cool thing too, is like, you know, as weird as this sounds, like he gave me a pile driver, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, is, is it cool to get dropped on your head? Like, no, but like to get, to take a pile driver from Jerry, the King Waller, to take a choke slam from Kane, right. To take a, a press from big show. It's like, yeah, it like that hurts, but it, in a way it's like, but it cool. feels like, good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> Yeah, like I saw this stuff as a kid and now I'm like, you know, and now the crowd, oh, you know, when, when it happens. So, you know, it was it was pretty cool. And I've had the fortune to work with a lot of a lot of guys that I've that I've seen on TV, um, you know, no, that's which, amazing. That uh, dude, I appreciate you sharing that, man. That's that's epic. Wild experience. Um, next question. Um, what was uh, it could be in wrestling? health and fitness, what was the, the wildest thing you've seen in your career? Wildest, craziest thing you've seen in your career? Wildest thing I've seen in my career. Um, other than his beard and, and long flowing hair <laughs> and this uh, Cuban sandwich shirt that uh, yeah. Josh is wearing represent Miami. Well, <laughs> man. So, so I, I hate to be, uh, I hate to be too serious, but I think some of the wildest stuff that I've seen is, and I'll go to wrestling is like unfortunate passings of a lot of young or fairly young wrestlers and individuals. And that could have been from drug overdoses and suicides and, you know, an unfortunate, you know, uh, you know, prescription medications that they, and that they couldn't get off of. Um, so, you know, I come from a world and I'm a person that I'm so out of that. Like it, it, I don't even know what that world is. I don't even know how that feels like, and you know, all these people around me are, you know, killing themselves or dying young. And it was, I mean, it's probably not the answer that you thought what was the wildest thing I've ever seen. Um, but, um, you know, that, to me personally coming from the being the exact opposite. I mean, I've never even smoked a cigarette in my life. I've never been high in my life. I've never tried marijuana. Like, like I'm as clean as they come. Stay I, away I from the devil's lettuce. Yeah. I, I've, <laughs> I've, I've, 
I've drank alcohol in the past, but that's that's as that's as much as I've done. I don't even um, think I've ever seen seven. you eat candy. <laughs> I don't think I uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so you know that to me, you know, that that was wild knowing that like I'm on the road and mm. like I was just wrestling with this person and now he's no longer with us. It's crazy. Like, yeah. That was, yeah, life short, life short. And now sometimes. they're doing that. And now they do, and now they're doing documentaries on all on of all. these yeah. wrestlers that, that I that I grew up watching. So, yeah. so I think we can yeah, all agree that crazy. that was that's deeply a different type of crazy. So I appreciate you sharing yeah. that, especially for everybody hit them on another level. Um, last question in one sentence: What's the biggest piece of advice you can leave off to everybody listening today? Man, you got some good questions, man. <laughs> Um, We've been practicing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Repetition. Uh, yeah. And I got, yeah, I got, I got one sentence. Um, here's something that I've learned. Um, I'm going to think of something better later, but at spur of the moment, this is my, this is my answer. Don't get too high on the highs and don't get too lows on the lows yeah. because I've experienced things in my life that I wish I would have soaked in the moment more. And then I've been down in the dumps as we all have. And knowing that it's not going to last forever. Mm -hmm. Like life goes like this, like those low points in our lives, they won't last just like those really magical, awesome moments in our lives won't last either. So in my, my personal experience, once again, is, you know, you can't get too caught up in either or, and just know that things won't last forever. And that could be good or bad. Um, and you know, change, change is always gonna, you know, always going to be a part of it. Um, and just to embrace it. And, you know, I, I always say, just got to keep on keeping on and keep on persevering. Um, so, you know, that's how I'll, that's how I'll look at things. Well, thanks for coming on again, Gio. We really appreciate it. Next time we'll, uh, we'll definitely do it in person. Uh, and hopefully everything will kind of settle down a little bit so we can, we can, you know, get a little workout in after, grab some lunch, do all that stuff. And then so. you can choke slam Josh on the table. I mean, fuck it. I would take Woo! that. That'd be, you know, I'd put that on my <laughs> highlight reel for sure. That'd be epic. I mean, I am, I am from close to Buffalo. So getting slammed through tables is, is <laughs> in our DNA, you know? So thanks again, Gio. Much love, Gio. Yeah, appreciate we really you, appreciate man. it. Thank you. Thanks for having me guys. Thank you for listening to Sweat It Out with Anthony Mendez and Josh Evans. Enjoyed this episode? Make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review.